You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Poulos, and today I have a guest that is someone I've wanted to interview since I started doing this thing with Ben. He was in the same unit as Ben and I and actually took over Ben's job when he left, and then I took that job when he left. I spent a lot of time in his office, probably annoying him more than anything, but I really know he appreciated it. Phil Brown is my guest today. He was a three-year captain for Classland University Basketball after transferring from Delaware State. He comes with a wealth of knowledge and a lot of leadership experience in sports as well as the military, where he currently is a captain in the Army and serves as a logistics officer at Fort Polk, Louisiana. Today, we dive into the challenges of being a transfer and a young captain in college, why mentoring the younger guys on his team was his favorite part of being a captain, the shift in mentality he had when taking over in a leadership role, the importance of tying into your assistant coaches as a leader on your team, and the most crucial characteristics of a great captain. As always, it was a lot of fun chatting with Phil today, so I hope you enjoy the conversation on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Phil, my man, welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. What's going on? Not much. I appreciate it. You know, I just found out, talking to you right before, that you were actually a three-year captain in in college for class and university basketball, so I think that's a, a good place to start our conversation is kind of how you became a three-year captain, you know, starting with your sophomore year as a transfer um, and kind of how your leadership development changed your sophomore into your junior and into your senior year. Oh, sure. So um, out of high school, I went to Delaware State University uh, in Dover. Um, Rough freshman year. Um, I ended up picking up some minutes. Uh, towards the Christmas break, and I went up for a dunk, got undercut, fractured my wrist, and ended up having a red shirt that year. Came back the next year, um, my coach and I were at odds the majority of the season, and I attribute a lot of that to my uh, maturity, and um, at the end of the year, I told him I wasn't happy in the organization and that I wanted to leave, so um, we kept in touch throughout the summer, and he, he offered me an opportunity to go play for a friend of his at Claflin. Um, now, throughout this whole time, I, you know, I, coming into college and then to that point where I sat in my coach's office um, across from him and told him, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I'd grown a lot. So I took a lot of that experience to Claflin um, to a, a very young program. Um, and I think that's the reason I ended up being a captain my sophomore year. Um, and, and honestly, I, I grew into that role. I wasn't, I didn't show up, you know, a, a captain at all. It's just it's something I, I kind of grew into um, during that off season, leading up into that, that my sophomore season. 
Yeah. What were, what were some of the challenges you encountered, you know, coming into a program as a, as a new athlete and then some of your challenges as a, as a sophomore and junior captain that, you know, you may have struggled with older guys on the team or um, some personality clashes as, as kind of a younger, a younger leader on the team. And, and is there anything you wish you could have done differently in those first two years that um, maybe you did a little bit of better job as a senior? Uh, so definitely sophomore year was, was creating that buy-in. Um, I was a new guy, um, division one transfer and, and, and all, all of a sudden you're a target. Um, so creating that buy-in that I'm not here for your spot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make a championship happen. Um, I think once I was able to create that image, um, you know, in the huddle, explaining something in practice, uh, uh, correcting teammates or being corrected by teammates was a lot easier after I kind of changed that mindset of, of who I was and why I was there. Um, junior sophomore year was, it was all about creating and maintaining a climate, a focused climate. Hey, we're here to win championships. That's it. Um, if it's not in line with that, it shouldn't be um, a focus of yours. Um, I think junior and senior year, as you know, the older guys started to graduate and or leave the team, uh, getting those new guys in and kind of bringing them into, hey, this is, this is our organization. This is how it works. Um, this is what we expect from you. I think that was the hardest thing, just managing those new pieces as they came in. Yeah, and, and creating that buy-in into that, that climate that you're talking about, especially a, a younger program and you as the new guy, like you said, a, a Division One player now seen as this guy that may come in and take some time from other people only makes that a little more difficult. And that's kind of the first step in leadership when you get into a new group or you get a position as a leader is, is creating that buy-in because if you don't have the buy-in, then you don't have the followers. And if you're if leadership without followers is, is just walking, um, yep. it's kind of pointless. It's fruitless. You, you really have no direction without any followers or without anyone buying into your leadership. So that I, I definitely see as, as a challenge for any young leader or any leader in general, but just enhanced there. And I think, you know, just those, the things you mentioned, just, you know, the little bit here and there, helping people realize that your leadership was a service for the team. You weren't, you weren't in it for yourself. You were in it for the greater good of the team and trying to influence people here and there. What was your, what was your favorite experience or, or your favorite part about being a captain? That is it, man. Just the, 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 your your role as a captain, and yeah, you get all the accolades, you get mentioned, you 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 stand out, um, but you're there to provide a service, and and I really enjoyed the mentorship um, because it, it it started at basketball. It started with a how can I how can I run this play more effectively, or what did I do wrong here? Did I do this right? And it kind of transformed into other things. Hey, what do you think about this class? What do you think about this girl? Like, 
it, it was a, you become someone's big brother or big sister. And, and it, 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 it ballooned. And I, I loved it. That was, that was it. I still have players today that, you know, hit me up and, and ask a question, just, just random things. But um, being able to mentor is, was, was awesome. And, and they're peers at this point. Yeah. And I think that is, is something that, that a lot of people that I've interviewed, a lot of my guests, they've said the same thing, you know, in terms of that yearning and that appreciation for the position they were given and, and the position they were in and being able to help out their teammates, not just on the court or on the field, but away from practice, away from the locker room, away from games, outside of athletics, being able to influence and, like you said, provide that mentorship in all aspects of life and, and you know, transcending sports as a leader and making it super holistic. You know, a conversation I had earlier today mm-hmm. with, uh, with Coach Casey O'Neill, who's a high school lacrosse coach in the D.C. area, he said the same thing, you know, when he sits down with his, with his captains and the players on the team, you know, they don't just talk about lacrosse. They talk about school. They talk, to, they talk about social aspects of life. They talk about their family life. And I think that's really a big piece of creating that buy-in is, and once, once people are comfortable enough coming to you to ask for advice for those kinds of things is, is when you know you're, it's a good, a good marker of you're doing the right thing as a leader that people are comfortable bringing you all kinds of stuff, not just stuff. Yeah. On the court. Absolutely. What are some, was there any like steps you took or, or changes that you kind of made to yourself um, or mentality that kind of helped you fulfill that role uh, as a captain and as a leader on and off the court? Um, so my experience at Delaware state, um, I, I went through a, a huge transition from uh, basically high school, go-to man, star, to <laughs> little dude on the bench who's who might get in this game. Um, one thing that I, I definitely took with me from Delaware State to uh, Claflin was it's not about me. Um, whether it was my contribution in the game or my contribution at practice, it, it, it was never really about me. Um, and I, I think I, that selflessness that I developed um, helped me more as a captain and, and to create better teams as, to, as opposed to create a better player. I mean, as a captain, you're, you're responsible for your play, um, but you're also responsible for your team's play. Um, and I think that finally realizing like, hey, if I score 20 tonight, but we lose, we, we lose. Right. Um, I think that was the biggest thing that, that, uh, that I learned um, is one of the responsibilities inherited as a captain. Yeah, for, for sure. And that's, uh, you know, it kind of blends in that one tenet of leadership we have at, at, at the, the captain's coach, which that leadership is, is a service. And then also another tenant we have is that leadership is a choice and kind of your story there just reflects that, you know, you made a, a conscious choice and change in your mentality of, Hey, you know, this is where I was. This is the mindset I had here and wait, now I'm in this new role. 
and you made a choice to, to change your perspective on how you looked at your own play and, and the play of those around you. And I think that's a great uh, little description of what being a captain, some of the responsibilities, not only are you responsible for your own play, you're responsible for everyone else around you and their play. And, you know, again, another tenant at the captain's coaches, everything rises and falls with the leadership. And that's just a reflection of that. And Sam Walker, uh, author of the captain class I had on a few, a few guests ago, you know, he put it that the, the captain is responsible and gets to worry about everything else that nobody else is worrying about or responsible for. And, and I think all of that combined is, is your story just now is, is a great example of all three of those tenants kind of, kind of meshed into one year transition from where you were at Delaware state to being thrust into that role at Classland and kind of how you developed over your three years. Absolutely. So the program in general, you know, at, at Classland, was there anything specifically that either the, the athletic department or the team did to kind of systematically develop leaders in, in the sports teams or, or on your team specifically? Um, there was a program kind of geared towards the captains of, of all the sports. Um, the name escapes me, but uh, we would get together um, every month or so, and it would be a forum for um, basically a discussion to create better athletes. Um, better student athletes. Um, so we were discussing how we could get our grades up, um, how we could better impact the community, community service, um, different ways to handle with uh, situations within uh, our teams. Um, I thought that was, I thought it was incredible after the fact. Uh, I, I was upset I had to go to a meeting at the time after the fact, kind of taking some of the tools and some of the ideas and seeing the impacts that I was able to, to implement to my team, um, I, I thought it was incredible. Um, and, and looking back on it now, I wish I would have taken more advantage of it more um, because after a community service event, who doesn't feel amazing? Right. Um, and then, you know, putting – some of my players in front of some children and having them be the leader. Um, I'm also developing leaders. So I thought that was, that was incredible. Yeah. And that's, it's been a, uh, a program, that type of program has been something I've heard a couple times on the show where schools and athletic departments gather the captains of, of multiple different sports teams and they kind of put them together and they work together to kind of, you know, build some of these skills away from their sports and, and mm-hmm. outside of athletics, because that's a huge piece. You know, some of the best leaders that uh, former captains and, and coaches have pointed to are guys and gals that have created an environment of leadership, not just on the, the playing field, but away from that. And, you know, like we said earlier, you know, your favorite part was being able to mentor guys on and off the court. And this is another example of why that's so important. The impact that this kind of program had on you that you didn't even realize at the time how big of an impact it was on your team. So just imagine Mm -hmm. the, 
the kind of impact, you know, if you really get people to buy into a program like that, you know, the, the impact that they can have on their team and the, and the rest of the school and athletic department is going to be tenfold. So I think anybody out there who runs a, a, is a coach at either the college or high school level inside any kind of athletic department, um, if you could definitely try to build some sort of, you know, leadership group like that. How often did you all meet throughout the school year for, for that program? I want to say it was a monthly meeting. Oh, wow. So that's pretty often. Was there, was there like specific workshops and skills that each one was based off of, or was it kind of like open discussion kind of thing? So it usually started with the open discussion and we would cover what we covered the last month and see what kind of progress we had. Um, and basically discuss was, was this a good idea? Was this a bad idea? Why, why was it bad? Why was it good? Um, because not every not every team was doing uh, the same thing at the same time. Right. Um, so when we we might just 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 be discussing um, community service, and the volleyball team may have just you know completed their community service project, and they can come to the table and say, hey guys, don't go here because you know X Y and Z. Um, so it started open discussion, kind of went over what we went over the last month, and then we would transition into something else. So say we were talking about. Um, uh, utilizing tutors um, better. So. Yeah, you guys definitely covered a, a wide range of topics, which is great. Um, and I think that's just another great example of how programs can gain, you know, just another step up in, in the leadership development and kind of gain another little competitive edge uh, any chance they can. Specifically for your team and your coach, was there anything that you – look back on and appreciate about him or was there anything that he did specifically to mentor you or develop you as a captain or leader? Uh, so one thing I definitely appreciate about uh, the coach was I was brought in um, when it was decision-making time um, and a For a while now, I've, I've thought about how cool it was that I was there when we started breaking down film. Um, first couple of times, I didn't know what was going on, of course. Um, so I, I just went out, reacted, and played basketball up until that point. But the more film sessions I sat in, in, in the analyzing part, the, the smarter I got as far as basketball. So the game slowed down drastically for me. I was able to um, predict some of the things that were going to happen. And of course, the best part is when we set the film in front of the team, you know, the assistant coach and I and the other captain were the ones, you know, breaking down film. Hey, stop there. Rewind. Did you see that guy do that? He's going to do that every single time he catches the ball here. Um, so I thought it was amazing that, the, you know, the head coach brought us in and we were a part of the staff. Um, it was super empowering. Um, and I got, I got to teach my team things. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, that you use the word empowering because that's such a big piece of college and high school athletics. And even at the pro level with, with your captains and with the leaders on the team is as a coach, you have to empower your leaders, give them responsibility at every chance you can don't feel uncomfortable. Honestly, if you aren't uncomfortable sometimes giving them responsibility, you're probably not giving them enough responsibility. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and just that little piece, you know, we were talking before and at first, you know, you were talking about it just in, from a, from a basketball point of view, how much you appreciated the wealth of knowledge that you gained from that as, as a basketball player, as an individual, but definitely, you know, as, as we discussed it, you know, you started to really appreciate how much it helped you as a leader, how much it, it gave you a, a voice in front of the team. You know, when you now go into the film room with the rest of the team, you're helping as a, as a coach really. And you're mm-hmm. also, when you go through the film, I'm sure you guys are helping, you know, set up the game plan and some of the schemes and what you're going to do for that week's opponent. Um, instead of just being a little parrot and, and saying exactly what the coach is saying, you know, you can provide a little bit of pushback. You can throw in your own ideas away from the rest of the team and you guys can kind of come together and develop sort of a, a common plan between you two. And that just increases the buy-in across the board. You know, the rest of your teammates, Hey, you know, Phil and the other captain, they're bought into this. You know, I know they've already seen this film. They're seeing this for the second time. And if they're into this, you know, we should probably all back it as well. So that's a good example, um, just a small thing, but an example of what you can do as a coach to empower your leaders in just little small ways and the impact you'll see with the rest of their teammates will be huge. Sure. Is there any other advice that you would give fellow captains today, either at the, the high school or college level or, or anyone kind of aspiring to develop their leadership skills to be a captain? Uh, the number one thing is always lead by example. Um, your teammates are always going to look for you, uh, see what you're doing. Uh, you are the you're the example that the coaches put in front of them. So if they see you not working hard, they're not going to work hard. Some might, um, depending on the individual. Um, but we're, if we're talking about a mass here. Mm-hmm. They have to see you do it, right? Um, and I would, I would, I would also say tie into your assistant coaches. We always talk about the head coaches, head coach that um, the assistant coaches are the legwork for that for that head coach. Um, I would tie into them. Always pick their brains. Um, be there when 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 they're there to to analyze uh, film, um, workouts. You know, get get with them. Um, figure out where they're going um, so that you can better facilitate uh, to your teammates. You're the, you're the buffer between um, the coaching staff and, and the guys and girls on your team. Yeah, exactly. And those are huge tips. You know, one, you know, everyone's heard it. You got to work hard, but I, you can't emphasize it enough. You have to be the hardest working person on your team as a captain. You don't have to be the most skilled. You don't have to be the best no. player, but you have to be willing to outwork everybody on your team because if there's one guy or one girl on your team that's outworking you, they will see it as an excuse to not work as hard anymore because that is your job, yeah. Captain, to influence and lead everyone around you. And then that second piece, you know, that's one of the, the first times I've heard that on this show. And in general, the emphasis on captains tying into assistant coaches, because you're right, they really are the, the drivers of the coaching staff. You know, they do, they're the, the, the man behind the curtain um, when it comes to schemes, X's and O's, breaking down film. You know, most of the time they have a little bit more feel for, for the locker room and, 
and kind of what's going on on an individual level where the head coach is a little more zoomed out big picture. And like you said, like talk to those, those guys, those gals, those are your assistant coaches. Ask them to come pick you up, take you to the film breakdown. You know, if you have time, you know, ask to stay after with them and break down practice film from that day. So you're ready for tomorrow, you know, do those little things with the assistant coaches and like you said, you know, you're a buffer between the head coach and, and, and your team, but you're also, you're, you're a buffer for the entire coaching staff. You know, you're, you're yeah. you listen to the coaching staff and you, you relay to the team, you listen to the team and relay it to the coaching staff. And I think bringing, bringing that assistant coach mindset, you really are another assistant coach at the, at the end of the day. And I think it's a, a great tip that, that athletes probably don't hear enough. So I'm sure that'll be be well received and appreciated for anyone who who takes on that advice. Going to the the conceptual side here, you know, you told me you were going to give me a vague a fake uh, answer here, but this is my favorite question. As the listeners know, what is your definition of leadership? Oh, goodness. So leadership. Uh. I want to say leadership is a role um, that we are either inherited um, by no fault of our own or assumed by uh, by someone appointing us um, that we're responsible for everything leading up to whatever our goal is. Um, think the biggest takeaway for like the definition of leadership is you are the driving and pulling force to create something amazing um, now whatever that amazing thing is, is it's up to you to decide and it's up to you to inspire the people around you that you're leading to 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 buy into so if, if you as the leader believe hey we're we're as good as you know, five and 12 this season. And I mean, you'd be lucky to get to five and 12. Um, but if you as a leader have the, the audacity, the goal to believe, hey, we're going undefeated this year. Um, and you beat that into every single one of your teammates' brains that the goal is, then, then that's the direction they're going to go. So if you ask me tomorrow what leadership is, I'm going to give you a totally different answer. It's it's just one of those things that you can be really influential and and be amazing, or it can be one of those things where you kind of drag everyone around you down. Yeah, for sure, and I and that really does sum up leadership in in a really holistic way. Um, back to the first tenant of leadership with the captain's coach, everything rises and falls with leadership. And like you said, mm-hmm. you know, a, a group is only as strong as its leader and only as strong as it, as its weakest part. And, you know, there's a quote we have up on the, the captain's coach website that a team full of lions led by a sheep will always lose to a team full of sheep led by a lion. And that's Absolutely. what it's down to at the end of the day. And that's really what leadership is. It's, it's to be that lion and lead your group, your organization, your team, your program in the highest direction 
that you can and really buying into it, not just believing it, but knowing it and getting those around you to do the same. And like you said, you're the driving and pulling for the pulling and pushing force behind everything that leads up to that, that competition or that test. Yeah. What do you think the two or three biggest responsibilities or, or characteristics of a captain are that kind of feed into that definition? Um, definitely selflessness. Um, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Right. Um, the, you absolutely can't lead a team if you're only thinking about yourself. Um, and then I want to say confidence. Um, confidence and competence together. Um, but confidence, you know, being able to, to be the one to stand in front of your team and tell them, hey, this is the direction we're going. Um, follow me. Let's go. This is what we're doing. Let's go. Okay. Um, and, and being able to motivate them. Uh, I think confidence stands out to me because um, we've all heard that, that powerful speech. Um, and I, I think it takes the goal. I think it takes goal to, to stand in front of a group of people and have them all on the same plane. Right. And to go. Yeah. And it's, and it's not even necessarily, you know, sometimes people can confuse the, the confident leader or that image of confidence with, you know, the guy that's always making the rah-rah speeches, always up mm -hmm. talking in front of the whole team, but that's really not what it is. It's the confidence, like you said, to be able to stand in front of a room and know everyone around you is on the same page, whether that be because, you talk to the team as a whole or you have the confidence to go around to everybody on an individual level and talk to them yeah. that way and spread that message. But like you said, the confidence and competence combined to know that you have picked the right direction for your team and you have the ability to drive and push the team in that direction. I think uh, you're spot on with that. And obviously the selflessness, we've kind of beat that to death um, during the conversation, but you know, it, it really is a service and it's not about you. You, you probably should be the, the last person that, that you are thinking about when it comes to, to leadership or being the captain of a team, you know, you, and that comes back to that hard work, you know, you should be putting in the hard work to the point where you don't have to worry about your own game. You know, your, your game's going to take care of itself. You no longer have to think about that. That's the last thing on your mind. You can't be a liability because if you're thinking about yourself, you can't think about those around you. So I think those are, those are kind of intertwined in and of themselves. But uh, taking, taking too much of your, your afternoon already. I know uh, your daughter Taylor's probably <laughs> looking to wake up in a little bit and, and don't want to <laughs> take away your dad any, any more than I need to. But uh, I know you, you, you got a quote um, uh, that you wanted to share with us. Oh, yes. Um, so this is something that um, I, I try to apply to everything I do from being a father to being in the army to any sport I play. And that's do it right or do it twice. Um, and you can manipulate it in any way you need to, to make sure that you are doing your best, your due diligence in every single thing you do. Um, and, and the do it twice part, um, that's situational. You may not get another opportunity to do it again. So 
do it right the first time. Yeah, that's a big piece. I love that quote. Um, like I told you before we started, but uh, that's a big piece. That second part, um, hadn't thought about that. You know, do it twice. That second time might might not necessarily be there uh, every time. You know, seasons are short. You only have a little bit of time to 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 be great and make those around you even greater. But uh, thanks, Bill. It's been it's been fun talking to you, and uh, I'm sure I'm yeah, sure appreciate you having to, to to catch up as usual. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.